Commander, Hail Ming approaching. What do you mean, Hail Ming approaching? More rocket Ajaxes on our screen and heading right for us. Secure all posts. Raise all shields. Fire all lasers. Cue the music. show that you love the most because you just love it you love this show that's, right. that's why first is best it's the it's the if you're not first you're last <laughs> if you're not first you're last <laughs> oh. with that being said it's the hell ming power hour with myself rick and my best friend on the whole planet if he's not first, he's last. Mr. Danny Bennett, what's going on, brother? That's right. I, you know, I think I was high as hell when I said that. You know, you could be second. You could be third. <laughs> no, man, I, I'm glad to be on the, the, the microphone with you again. Um, I hope everybody enjoys listening to us talk as much as I enjoy talking to you because you're right. Best friend, mother, brother, mother from another brother. <laughs> right. Mother from another brother. Not no. drunk yet. Maybe I need to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, though. Welcome back to the Hail Ming Power Hour, where we tell you about some of our very favorite movies in an attempt, a desperate attempt, to get you to watch them and enjoy them as much as we remember enjoying them from the past and have revisited them for you. The whole point is to get you to pull out your dusty copy and wop it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, our... Uh, our special guest this episode is Dusty Copy. <laughs> the American Dream. Dusty Copy. <laughs> Dusty Copy, the American Dream. <laughs> it's a VHS, too, and nobody even has... I don't have a... Do you have a VCR? Uh, I think there's one put away in storage somewhere, yeah, but so, you know, we don't have an active one. So the answer is no, yeah. Asking. It's no for me, too. It's, um, <laughs> man. But we're covering a movie that really, I, I'm really shocked that we haven't covered before this, but uh, we're doing 1985-84-86 Legend. That's right, Legend. By Ridley Scott. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's it was released in different countries at different years, so it's kind of a weird one to say what year it actually did come out. And there's a lot of weird stuff nestled in the uh, the in the mythology of this movie i mean it's it and, and i don't mean the mythology that it's based on i mean just like it being made it has some really interesting choices as far as actors and and um, it has some different versions which we'll talk about because um you and i looked at different versions of the movie 
Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, I thought I was doing one up because I actually have the DVD that was a it was the the director's cut DVD that came out. I thought, well, we don't need to watch that. We need to watch the theatrical cut. I found another version and kind of sent that one, but apparently it was the wrong one too. So we've I think we've watched maybe two, maybe three different versions of this to to put the show together for you, so we don't miss anything. That's right, and it wasn't a mistake. We did it all for you. That's right. That's what I meant to say. No, exactly. It, That's right. We're using code names. We watched every version possible of the movie Legend. And actually, I, I have an interview with... No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm not even going to spoil that because it's not true and I, and I don't lie to people. What? Since when? Filming. I don't lie to people in, you know, right now. Right. At this moment. That's right. Uh so yeah, uh, 1985, and uh, so we'll definitely get into that one as we go along. There's a lot to talk about, like Danny was just saying. But before we do that, you know what we got to do? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what did you watch? dare you to find another show that's got a a more pumped up way to get you into what you watch this week even if it's real or not that is that's a great theme song for what did you watch you you did a fantastic job banging that together (laughs) sure (laughs) well did you watch anything man um besides legend well, so so okay. I'm I'm just gonna level with everybody out there for a minute, and I'm gonna say, look, it's it's been um it's been a tough time. You know, 2020 has been an interesting year, and uh, uh, usually you know, this whole what did you watch started out as a joke, and, and sometimes we we do some jokey things. Uh, I did watch last night um, Just Mercy. Uh, it's a uh, free for the whole month of June. Uh, several streaming platforms have made it free. It's about um. It's about a, a lawyer who counsels people on death row, and it's a specific story. Jamie Foxx is in it. Um, yeah. It Michael B. Jordan, uh, and it's a, it's an excellent movie. It's it's really serious, and if you're not in the mood for serious stuff, I don't recommend it. But also, my my wife met the uh, the author a while back. Said he was a tremendous person. Um, like I said, it's usually a joke, but hey, I did watch it, and it is a fantastic film. Cool. Yeah. Well, I've got. I've got two for you. Nice. And you can decide which one is real and which one is not. Oh, i got to put my thinking cap on for this one. Right. <laughs> All right. First one is called Can't Stop the Music. Documentary uh, thing? That's not a documentary. Oh. It's an autobiography of the village people. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty weird. I mean, it's uh, not... <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's got uh, Steve Gutenberg as uh, <laughs> Steve Gutenberg is their their uh, songwriter. So he writes all the tunes, oh, no. and they uh, they get together and and uh, and perform the songs, and that's kind of how they got started. And uh, it's also got Bruce <laughs> Bruce Jenner before he's Caitlyn in the movie, hmm. who uh, is the love interest of. It's got. Uh, uh, Valerie Perrine in it, which is Miss T- Tatsmacher from uh, Superman. Man, this is going to be uh, tough figuring out 
<laughs> and uh, they they get together, and and there's only three or four of them at first, and then but after they get through, they uh, <laughs> they end up uh, hiring the last couple of people through some auditions, and they get some you know really weirdo fire jugglers and all these people coming in, and uh, and then they end up uh, singing a song about milkshakes. <laughs> And then they have a career. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So there you go. Can't stop by the music. end, your friends. And in the end, your friends. Oh God. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Indian, not a real Indian. <laughs> Whoa, my mind is blown. Uh, and my second one, mm. which which is going to be just as believable. Okay. Uh, this is a. This is not a documentary. It's not a movie, but it's kind of a like a talk show, and it's called Nail Carter's Hot Tub. <laughs> and it's, it says, "No man." It's it, it says fun, laughs, and splashes occur every week when TV great Nail Carter strips down and bears all with her guest, which is entertaining as well as educational. And uh, this episode that I caught was actually uh, had. It says uh, this episode gets hot with guest Fabio, Clint Howard, <laughs> Shaka Khan, and a special appearance by the Pope. And you can find this on the Up Your Butt channel. <laughs> that's the real one, right? Yeah, that's the real one. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it's Neil Carter. I mean, you know. You know I'm a big fan. I actually have seen like I watched that uh, Norm McDonald's got a talk show on uh, uh, on Netflix. It had one season and it's actually really entertaining. I watched it again. It's no Nell Carter's hot tub. It's though. not. It's Norm McDonald's hot tub. So yeah, uh, yeah, the Village People movie is uh, yeah. I actually watched that and it is it's a short bus movie for sure. So so really, Steve <laughs> Gutenberg? Yeah. When you yeah. said Steve Gutenberg, I thought for sure it was fake. <laughs> no, it's it's real. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna quit breaking the fourth wall, and I'm gonna say those sound like great movies, both of them. <laughs> well, one of them a show, of course. But man, highly highly educational, highly so, educational. Uh, make sure you check them out on the Up Your Butt channel. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. I show <laughs> deserve it. All right, that's it for what did you watch? We'll be right back. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by Rita Repulsa's ED Treatment. Magic Wand, Make My Monster Grow. And Loyal Subjects of Mongo Like You. Hail Ming! folks and uh oh what we have to do now where are we at oh yeah i forgot what we're doing here well you know we we're got the helming power hour there, you the know? time machine we got the time machine thing that's right so we're gonna go watch uh 1985's 86 84's legend and in order to go back in time and do this you know what we have to do we have to have sponsors for our show 
Uh, did you happen to find any sponsors for us? You know, at the last minute, I had somebody email me a promo to read. Uh, so I, I guess I'll give that a shot right now. Um, All right. Okay, so Meaty Jack Pancake Batter. Are you tired of watery, colorless pancake batter that sloshes around your pan like spoiled cottage cheese? <laughs> Try our new thick, viscous, white. You know what? Uh, I'm not going to eat this. No. Okay. Meaty Jack Pancake Batter. It's probably good for pancakes. There you go. Yeah. Good enough. Look for it on your shelf. <laughs> yeah. Hey, adult film store. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually we actually had somebody send in a sponsor for us. Oh, dear. So uh, we're going to give that a listen. But out there, folks, if you have businesses and you have a little promo for your business that you want us to share on the Hell Ming Show, hey, just send it, to, send it to us. We'll be glad to put it on here, just like this one. What is it she's got? What is it he's got? What is it they've got that sets them apart? It's in the jeans. Butt stuff jeans. The only jeans with the extra cushion in the back to give you that curvy, sexy look. Get into a pair, and when they ask what is it you've got, you look them in the eye and say, I'm into butt stuff. Butt stuff jeans. It's in the ass. I think there are people out there with yeah. a similar sense of humor. I don't know. <laughs> that guy's voice sounded familiar. Is that uh, Gene Roddenberry? <laughs> Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> it's it's in the jeans. Butt stuff. It's in the jeans. Butt stuff. <laughs> okay. That's going to make mine sound like crap. <laughs> The first one I wanted to do is just a quick little sponsor. They didn't have a commercial or anything, but I know Danny would appreciate this. And it's uh, it's something very seasonal. And what we have for you this week, you need to look for it in your grocery stores at your Kroger, which is Daniel's Summer Chili. It's never too hot for chili. It's never too hot for chili. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, Daniel. <laughs> Where are you, buddy? Uh, <laughs> miss old Daniel. Daniel's Summer but Chili be- sounds good, though. Could use a bowl yeah, right Dan- now. At Daniel Summer Chili. It's never too hot for chili. Uh, the next one I got is a new one for us. Uh, our buddy Patrick Lear. We see him every year at Texas Frightmare. Uh, he's a fellow podcaster, but he's opened up another business, and it's Patrick Lear's Strip Lanes. Patrick Lear's Strip Lanes. Get your mind into the gutter at Patrick Lear's Strip Lanes. The first ever bowling alley with stripper poles mounted between each of the 28 state-of-the-art lanes. Patrick Lear's Strip Lanes. Make it rain while you bowl as the ladies work on tips and tips alone. Sit back as you polish your balls and see the lovely ladies work the poles. Patrick Lear's Strip Lanes. Watch Donna Donamite perform her very own 710 split as you pick up a spare of your own. Coming up with the special of the week, bowl four games and get free barbecue nachos hey, okay, and a lap dance from Donna Donamite. Patrick Lear's Strip Remember, at Patrick Lear's, our shoes are sprayed for fungus after every rental, just like the ladies. You may roll a strike on the lane, but you'll never strike out with the ladies at Patrick Lear's. 
Patrick Lear's Strip Plays. We bring a whole new meaning to gutter balls. So there you go, folks. Don't take the kids, but go on down to Patrick Lear's Strip Lanes. I don't know the location. He didn't give me one. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's one on every corner, or there will be soon, because it sounds like a humdinger of an idea. <laughs> and I can, I can only imagine the accidents that occur, you know, when they're trying to, to change shifts. <laughs> Who sets up the pins? That's what I want to know. Oh. <laughs> Who's the ball washer? <laughs> And check out their uh, their, their, their check out their prize stripper, you know, broken legs McGee. Hey, it was Princess Bride too, and also the Howling too put together. Wow, you know your sound effects, man. I, well, not surprising. I've been listening to him for a long time. <laughs> You love the sound of your own voice. I do. I do. <laughs> the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> oh man! I'm All right, let's person. get back. All right, let's get. We'll get back on track here. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, we got to go in the time machine. That's right. Let's get. In. So oh. we get in the time machine. Oh. Here we go. Wait, I'm not strapped in yet. Oh. Okay. Smooth ride. It gets better with time. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wow, shut up. Better with time. <laughs> so here we are in 1984 through 1986. <laughs> yes. It's, we just strung them all together, same location. Hey, what do you know? There's still a Walmart. So, hey. <laughs> Close your eyes to that double vision. <laughs> oh, so yeah, uh, we we do have a synopsis for the show. So talking talking about the the movie legend. Here's Russell Brand. Hello there. This is Russell Brand, and I've been asked to do a synopsis of the movie Legend. You see, the real problem with that is I've never seen that movie. So instead, I'm just going to do wacky comedy shtick for the next 90 minutes. What the hell? (laughs) Of course! The good people of this world have no time for the rantings of a Borge Babylon, as the armies of darkness strive to drive the light from this world. The God-fearing men and women of this realm will know they are protected, if not by Jack and his eleven cohorts. Then I, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, will take up the fight. Legend was released in the year of our Lord 1985. It stars Tom Cruise, Mia Serra, and Tim Curry. Captain Kronos, you never can can him out. I love Captain okay. Kronos. <laughs> oh, yeah. He does the best synopsis. And I like how he bu- he busts in through the window. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, every time. Yeah. yeah it's, it, conveniently, there's always a window close to whoever's doing the synopsis. So I like that. Yeah. I'm not going to think <laughs> too hard about it. Uh, he kind of sounds like he was going to do a, like a... Uh, in the butt jeans or whatever that was earlier. 
Man, <laughs> Captain Kronos needs no padding. That guy's ass is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about legend. So, go ahead, give me your give me your best shot, man. What's your what's your number one reason for all of our listeners to go check out Legend? Speaking of legends, have you seen Captain Kronos? I'm just kidding. all right. So, <laughs> I, I couldn't let it go. Well, I think your answer and my answer on this one, and anyone else who watches this movie, is going to be the same. It's it's going to be Tim Curry as Darkness. I mean that guy. The the special uh, makeup effects on him and his performance are just phenomenal. He chews up the screen and and he he hams it up and he looks awesome. So yeah, yeah. first reason for me, darkness. Yeah, I think that's 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 just a given. I mean, you you don't have this fairy tale movie without having the ultimate villain and it's it's Tim Curry. I mean that's really all you got to say. All you need to pull this off is Tim Curry. Yep. Works for me. It starts out with him, you know, giving kind of the uh, the talk. I mean, he's not the first character you see. The first character you see is Blix the Goblin, who is also awesome. Right. But but then you know you see him sitting in a chair kind of kind of giving a monologue with glowing green eyes and fingernails. Yeah. And uh and you know throughout the whole thing every time you see more of him he's just more impressive. Yeah, they do a good job of waiting on the reveal too, right? You get you get glimpses even though on the poster you saw what he looked like, but they kind of hold him back in the movie till you get to uh well when he's trying to impress Mia Sara and yeah, Lily. gives her, you know, she Lily. And uh Lily, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know they they do a lot of kind of just giving you glimpses. It's it's old school movie monster stuff where you only see a hand or an eye, you know. So they they really use the old technology. And we didn't even mention. I mean, we haven't got there yet, but it's Ridley Scott, and this is Ridley Scott really at the top of his game, man. I mean, he's he's batting a hundred at this point. Blade Runner, Alien. And he actually had the idea for this movie way before those, and just never could get everything together. Oh, you know, you, and, knew, uh, you knew that he wanted to do this because you know, a yeah. you, oh, yeah. like you said, when he could write his own check, he decided to do this. And then, and b, you know, in, in Blade Runner, you watch the director's cut, and that dude's all about unicorns, yeah. man. Unicorns Absolutely. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's always been controversy of them using the footage from the two movies. To you know, it's either one or the other. I think the footage from that were test shots, maybe for Legend, was put back into Blade Blade Runner for the references and stuff. I don't know. There's there's a lot of Legend behind all that. Oh, oh. Helming. well done, <laughs> well done. Uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give you my number one reason. You kind of tapped on it a little bit already, but uh, we've had this conversation before, just a few episodes back, when we talked about. The great effects that were in the first RoboCop, which were done by a man named Rob Bateen, which is the same guy that did the effects for the the thing, and did the effects for not not Roger Corman's you know Fantastic Four the thing. It's oh, clobbering time, not that it's thing. Clobbering time. <laughs> no, I think he he was one of the, the leftover teams. You mean Ninja Turtles, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, you got uh, uh, he did the howling. So you know the great. Special effects in the howling, the thing, and RoboCop, and then you turn around and yeah, I mean Robotine kind of knocked it out of the park with all the effects in this movie, and it shows, man. I mean, 
we were kind of hinting around it while ago. Even though we got Tim Curry in this movie, your 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 cast, which is really a really great cast, doesn't really mean much because everything is so over the top. You could stick nobodies in this and it would work. It it is over the top. I, I agree. Like you know, it, it's almost. Uh, it was almost hard to rewatch because it is so stylized. Yeah. Um, so so very much. Uh, you're just saying your first reason is the is the effects overall, Rob the prosthetics. Yes. And, and yet, like yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there, yeah, there's I'm, no. It wouldn't have worked without great effects. You know, right. nowadays you can you can stick it on a computer screen and I, and I take nothing away from it and you can make half the movie right there, but. But, but you know when this was made, you needed practical effects, and yes, the ones done in this. And I tell you, take you there. N- not only the not only the makeup effects, but the fact of. I remember telling Becky this when we were watching it again. I was like, these sets that they're doing all this stuff on are phenomenal, because you know this is a sound stage. It's the same thing that makes Kroll work, right? Because yeah. it's just not real enough to make you buy into the fantasy part of this you can tell they just didn't go out into a, an open area and, and and shot something out in nature this is a, a controlled atmosphere and for some reason it it works yeah yeah the very next thing i have in my notes and and it it ties right in with what you're saying here is is i've got sun dappled goodness right that yeah. whole that whole saturation of the first 30 minutes of this movie is is just yeah. is just them in this this it's not just a forest; it's a fantasy forest. You know, there, there's there's there are little things floating around in the air, and all the sun illuminates. Like she goes into a house, and there's a, a little spread set out on of, of of tea and and bread and cheese, and and in through the window is just this this beaming sunlight, and everything looks so easy and so deliberate yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and that goes back to what you're saying. It's so stylized. That your eye now kind of it kind of pulls you away from it, but being that this is a full fledged fantasy flick, this is the closest thing to a Lords of the Ring that our time period kind of had that really try to capture an atmosphere instead of just telling a story. And uh, yeah, you know, I I I don't know. It's it's pretty incredible to watch it because you see the work that went into this, the the costuming. The makeup, the set designs—it's—it's—it's it's, it's totally a labor of love. You can tell. It, it is. It's like, and every Ren fair in the country does their damnedest to make this same illusion happen. You know, the yeah. the costumes and and the little places and the the sounds and and just the look of everything in it. You know, it's like you've just transported yourself to a fairy forest somewhere. And yeah, it's always one of the things that made me love this movie. As, as a matter of fact, it's it's why the first thirty minutes of it is is probably my favorite movie, and then beyond that, it it kind of starts to wane for me. It it does. I, I'm the same way. It's funny you say that because you know it's I don't know. You're almost you kind of get to a point where you're like okay, let's just get to the end now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you can see where it's going, but it takes a really long time to get there. Yeah, and it isn't yeah. exactly suspense because you know exactly, and that's one of the drawbacks to it being a fantasy uh, fairy tale is that you have no doubt in your mind that it's going to turn out good. 
Yeah. So there's no suspense. You know, that whole Alfred Hitchcock bomb under the table thing. You never think that bomb's going to go off. So stringing you along while the bomb's ticking away, it really doesn't do anything for the movie. But, uh, you know, it's it's still visually stunning. I mean, there's some, some incredible, iconic scenes in this so anyways we're just rambling on what what's uh, what's another reason you got well you know i, I agree with you and you know my, my take on the, the whole effects was sun dabbled goodness but I'll, I'll move on to oh i'm sorry yeah no no, no, yours. no. <laughs> no I, mean, I think that that's one we'll just move on to the next one and i will say man everything i've got to say about it is more about the story I, i'm just gonna say that that like you said, there's no doubting that it's going to end up well. So they tried to kind of combat that by having multiple conflicts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'll have to say the multiple conflicts. The, you know, the her doing the wrong thing, the very original sinish thing where she goes and right. touches the unicorn. It's very, you know, Adam and Eve kind of forest of knowledge mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, they pay for that throughout the whole movie. But there's never really any kind of consequence to it either it's like oh well there's a little conflict but everybody's okay with it because i did it for love oh you for love well that's another story let's all drink okay no problem yeah (laughs) in the extended scene you know in order to win back the fairy's respect jack has to answer a riddle yep but in the theatrical version it's just well i let lily touch the unicorn and then all hell broke loose and uh, yeah. and he's like, but I did it for love. And they're like, oh, it's okay then. So I think they created these these conflicts, and they're all really good. But then they just kind of like also just let them resolve themselves fast. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that the stuff that was cut out for the theatrical cut totally makes sense because there's a lot of uh, Lily singing. You know, mm. singing these little pretty little tunes throughout the whole movie that we really just don't need, and uh, you know, it almost it come, becomes borderline musical there for a moment, and I'm kind of glad it doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, who, who needs extra songs when you got Tangerine Dream back there? Well, and that came later too, so there's a problem there because you had was it Jerry Goldsmith did the original soundtrack, and then. They kind of change their mind, and Ridley Scott says, "Nah, you know what? I'm gonna take Tangerine Dream and get, uh, you know, the John Anderson from not not John Anderson. She's just a swingin', not that John Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little elf in my neighborhood. Her name is Lily Johnson. <laughs> oh." No, it's a uh, it's a uh, John Anderson from uh, from Yes, and uh, the iconic song that's at the end of the movie, and and that was put in later, and I think uh, Goldsmith kind of took offense to it when when they re you know re- released it in the other countries and used that soundtrack. He's like, "What the heck, man! I spent all this time <laughs> writing these songs for this epic film, and then you're gonna replace it with a, a, a synth pop band." <laughs> yeah, and it really it really makes it less like a soundtrack and more like a soundscape. You know, like something yeah. you would listen to for a while just to relax and mellow. Um, yeah. It does a good job of carrying the heavy imagery, but it also could have been. I, I, we'll never know if it would have been better with an actual, you know, score. Well, I, I was telling Becky, I said so much of the so-called action that we see in this movie. The reason that it worked like it did is because it's very MTV. This could very much be stuff that's in the Wild Boys video. True. I mean, it has that, that aesthetic to it. 
So, it, it, I mean, I, I've never really put that together, but you can tell the MTV influence of the time on films like this because I imagine that's the that's the audience they were going after was the age group that would be interested in you know the videos of the time because it definitely has that that look to it. And you know, I'll, I'll tell anybody out there listening right now, you know, if you want to know what I mean by soundscape, I wrote it down at the time that I was listening. At, at 31.15 in the movie, there's the unicorn laying in this bed of, of, uh, of rose petals. And there's just, you know, the, the sound in that, and the soundscape in that is over the top. Yeah. It, you, just like you yeah. said, though, it, it's just like a music video. You make an excellent point that I never put together. The, the whole, like, Hell's Kitchen scene could, could, be yeah. out of a, could be out of an 80s video. You know, people running yeah. around and beating that body, and there are all those, those fires and people baked into pies. It's like young Einstein for a minute there. <laughs> That's another episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and throw my next version, my next reason out there, which is uh, Tom Cruise's hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> I got myself wondering if it was a wig. I'm sure it wasn't, but man, I, yeah, it, I don't know. It's wiggish. It's very yeah, wiggish. It's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. It's like you expect him to grab a flying V guitar in the middle of this movie and just start rocking out, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Jack the the elf boy, and uh, he's got kind of a dirty face, and you know, like some 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 dreamy uh, sh- shoulder length hair going on. And then he throws on that Excalibur looking armor, you know that. Uh, yeah, I like you know, that. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the Excalibur look for his weapons. Were all the super shiny. That's that's yeah. good stuff. There you go, Tom Cruise's hairdo. Tom Cruise's just just. Just check it out. Just check okay. it out. That's all you got to do. You know what? I've been getting too deep into this. Okay, my next love fest moment is Brown Tom, man. Absolutely. So, so Brown Tom is one of the the the, the pixies hanging out with uh, with with uh, Honeythorn Gump, not Forest Gump, but he is a forest dweller <laughs> named Gump. Um, but Honeythorn Gump has these these uh, you know one of them is is Noodles McIntyre from uh, UHF and yep. and the other one's Brown Tom and they, he sends him to protect the the unicorn. And the goblins start attacking, and he's blocking them all with a frying pan. It's and this, killer. this dude's in Tom. This, he's in Tom. He's indomitable. <laughs> he's indomitable. I could not say because he's Brown Tom. So love it. Watch that scene. Yeah. He's like he, he's like a goalie. <laughs> you know exactly jumping across the whole thing, blocking it. Yeah, you can't beat me. Oh, how about this one? How about that one? Yeah, all right. It's like wow. Every time he does, it's like a spark because you know they got like evil arrows and and it's oh, it's good stuff, man. So <laughs> yeah, definitely a high point. I had that on my list for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Tied into that, I did write down the Gump went down to Georgia. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when Gump shows up, he's naked, but he's got a fiddle and a bow. <laughs> and, and you know, like I almost was like, is his name just Gump? Is he is he the Forest Gump? Is he the Forest Gump? But then, but then he he introduces himself as Honeythorn Gump, which made right. me kind of happy because the Forest Gump yeah. would be a cheap joke that I've used about four times now. <laughs> but it, it would be sad if it was Mama. Mama said children of the forest are something special. <laughs> <laughs> you know this forest as well as any elf. Jack. Uh. Well, you know, I did kind of cause this to happen. What? <laughs> and, of course, you know that the, the, the person that's playing Blix, 
also did the voice of Gump. Did did she? Yeah, she did. I noticed it was a it was a female that was playing Blix because I've always loved Blix. Yeah. She's a great he's a great goblin. I think it's a male, but it could yeah. be. It, it, I guess I've always assumed it was a male, and the female sure. voice made me think otherwise. But there's no gender really given. But Blix right. is like the greatest character. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, because darkness is like you know, are you not my foulest goblin? And she says, "What black is 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 your heart not black?" Uh, black yeah. is midnight. Black is pitch. Blacker than the foulest witch. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is. It, I told Becky. I said, I bet. Uh, I said, I bet Danny ends up quoting some of the the rhymes of the goblins in some of this. So yeah, Blix is is all over it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the the Darth Vader to the Emperor, right? I mean, you you you're not supposed to like them, but at the same time, you're like, you know what? Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they are the most um, interesting characters. What you got? Is it me? Okay. Um, well, you know, I, I'm just going to say Meg Mucklebones, man. Yeah. So they go into the swamp at this point, and they end up running into Meg Mucklebones, who uh, is a great big you know, swamp hag. And uh, Unreal. Unreal. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's, it still looks absolutely amazing. And it, you know, it, it's got these shades of Evil Dead, you know, especially, you know, at, at the end she's beheaded and, and, you know, her body flails around. I mean, it's, oh, it's even, incredible. It even screams like Evil Dead. It's incredible. I mean, it's like, wow. You know who that is, right? I do, but tell me. <laughs> go, go ahead. Well, um, you know, it, it's it's Robert Picardo. It's Right. It's the cowboy <laughs> from Inner Space. <laughs> it's the holographic doctor if you watched um Voyager. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he's all dressed yeah, up I mean, like a sea witch, man. It's just it's incredible, man. And you, and you get a little almost kind of a little clash of the titans here with the shield, right? Mm-hmm. He hands her the hands her the shield so she can see her own reflection and, you know, uses that as a distraction to 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 behead her. And uh it's just, man, what a scene. I mean, it's just well, and, uh, if if you're going to show a clip of this movie to somebody, to me, that's kind of where you have to go. And if you want an extended clip of that, you should look it up for the extended clip. Because in the theatrical yeah. release, there's plenty of Meg Mucklebones, which for years I've been calling Meg Knucklebones because she's got the big hands. But I was listening this time. Right. Um, and in the theatrical release, you know, she tells him she's going to eat him. And he says, oh, no. And then he chops her head off. It's about that fast after right. you know, kind of a brief introduction. Um in the extended, he, he takes some time to, to play on her vanity and have her look at herself in the shield. And that's why the shield disappears, too. The shield goes into the swamp, and he doesn't have the shield anymore. Yeah. Which is another well, he, Clash of the he, Titans he even, thing, isn't it? Even when, he, even when he pulls out his sword, because he's not used to doing anything like this, and he overextends, and the sword falls off to the side, and he has to reach and grab it. I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of, you know... Things that happen there that delay his death, and then finally she reaches a point where she's tired of it too, and then then you get that scene. So yeah, I mean, I'm really surprised they did cut some of that out because it just makes it better seeing the extended cut of that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's more of the great special effects, and and yeah, it's true. It kind of gives it gives Jack a moment to grow into his skin. He doesn't just. Right. He doesn't just come right out swinging. He has to trick the monster into giving him an opening, and then he flops that opening, and he has to, you know, figure it out. It's 
there's a little more growth. And I think that's what they cut out when they cut out the, the uh, yeah. for the theatrical release. They cut all the character growth out. Maybe yeah. because Who they felt it? like they Let's didn't just, need it. Yeah. Just get with it. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's a it's a fairy tale. Who cares? You know? Who cares what Goldilocks did when she was, you know, half that age? <laughs> She's just a poor yeah. Jeetan home invader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, by the way, look out for Daryl D. B. Cooper's new uh, new single, Poor Jeetan Home Invader. <laughs> poor poor Jeetan Home Invader. Oh, there may be a commercial coming. <laughs> if only. Oh, wow. That's What if D.B. Cooper made the soundtrack for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a tangerine nightmare. Daryl D.B. Cooper, tangerine pants. <laughs> oh. oh, All right. Okay. Something's right. just right themselves, right? Okay, so you said Meg. I'm going to go with... And this is going to take me a while to describe because I don't know the character's name. So you got Blix. Then you got the, the hog creature that's with yeah. him as well. Then you got the other one that's got the little armor suit on. I never yeah. catch a name. And it, well, he ends up like getting saved when they take the helmet right. off. He's the guy they get out of the yeah. pie. Yeah, but the thing is, is there's a scene when, when, when they are around the fire and they've got the unicorn horn, Blix is making the fire, fire, growing higher, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this little dude gets the unicorn horn when Darkness shows up and says, uh, you know, we've got the power now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When he does that, Darkness makes this mummy just pop up out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Grab it, little dude, and just jump down a hole in the ground. It's true. And that's what I got. I got mummy, disposal of, question mark. <laughs> yeah, I know he's got a, he's got a name, and you know, I, I do yeah. know that. But, like, it's not important. Of all things you could do, though, I mean, let's just have a mummy grab his ankle, pop up, grab him, and just drop down in a hole, like... A bottomless pit, you know. And doesn't he look kind of like a little person member of Guar with that big helmet on? It's like Guar and like he'd been on Time Bandits mixed. Yeah, yeah, true. But then he got add up by mummies and put in a pie. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. That's 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 how it happens, right? I kind of want to see a movie that's just that guy's story now. Like you know, just so- cut everybody else out and just have his part plus the parts you don't see. That would yeah. be good stuff. Why not? Yeah, you hear me, Spielberg? Make it happen. <laughs> Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, get Toby Hooper to direct it while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, what you got? All right. Um, well, yeah, I've got a. There's a backward fireplace scene that really, that really caught my eye. You know, it goes into the whole heavy yeah. imagery thing. There's a scene where where smoke is 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 going into this fire. And this fire is crackling in this fireplace in darkness's lair. And it's just yeah. a really cool effect where they just filmed this this cool set and then they ran it backward. Because you can kind of tell when fire is going backward. Yeah. And and then you can also tell that the, that the smoke is being sucked into the fireplace. And it's just a really cool scene. So I, I suggest just checking out all that stuff because it's, it's eye candy and it's really fun. I think if you took the time and actually watched this movie... You're going to see all kinds of effects going on all the way through this thing that you don't really pick up on every time. It's some, you can, you're going to see something new every time you watch it. Because just like you were saying earlier, 
you know, uh, Becky and I were watching it, and she's like, wonder what all this stuff is that's just floating in the air during the opening, like you were talking about, when it's all sunlight and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, could be chicken feathers. Could be, I mean, you know, you know, you're just you you see it, but subconsciously you're not really thinking about it. Just like when when he meets Gump and everybody later, there's bubbles everywhere. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's like horrible, you know, uh, snowscape where where like the light has left the world. And you know, I kind of always thought of it as one of the unicorns was warmth and the other one was light because one of them gets killed and it becomes kind of wintry, but the sun's still going to come back up. Um, Anyway, like. Yeah, yeah, like there are bubbles. I noticed that too. It's it's like it reminds me of that story about Ozzy Osbourne, where he was talking to his effects crew and they had big bubble makers, and he was like, <laughs> I, I'm, "I'm Ozzy Osbourne. I just, got bubble machines. I'm a load of darkness, and you got bubbles." It's, it's like where these bubbles come from? Bubble machine. Those <laughs> 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 <Is there> bubbles. <laughs> I, I mean, my my Ozzy is nowhere near the witches, but it's a. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's one of those those pieces of film where every time you see it, you're going to see something different, which really brings me to my, ne- my next point. Now, somebody will have to tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I was absolutely just, my, my jaw hit the floor because I'd never seen this before in a movie. But when they first walk up to go into the bog to get over to Darkness's castle or whatever it is, there is a statue that's standing there, and it is the statue of Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Is it? Yeah. I, I noticed the statue. I mean, it, it's kind of made to look like a rock, and it's just a silhouette. And I was like, it looks yeah. like an it looks kind of like an altar of some kind out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really. And I, I told Beck, I said, I'm pretty sure that's Pazuzu. So if anybody knows about that, I didn't do. I was too lazy to do in your research. <laughs> but I'm. I'm 98% sure that was a statue of Pazuzu standing there. So that's pretty weird. I'd love to hear an explanation of why. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of making me think we should retool our our podcast to just point out things that we see and then ask other people to tell us about them. <laughs> and in this scene, I saw an Eskimo. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> what did prove you see? what kind of nerd you are and answer all my questions. <laughs> but so yeah, there you go folks. If you're listening and you're a, an expert on this film, is it Pazuzu or not? I'll, I'll I'll fix it right now. All right, all right. Um, Ridley, you listening? <laughs> Explain. I bet it comes up in uh, in what is the what is the alien movie that came out that I didn't watch? Um, well, I don't know. You didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's the one that wasn't really an alien movie. It had all the ancient gods Pr- in it Prome- and stuff. Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it shows up in Prometheus. Seems like everything it does. Hmm. Yeah, possible. Doubtful. Check it out. I actually like Prometheus. I'll have to check it out. I, you know, I'm, I'm woefully behind on a lot of newer stuff because things keep coming out, and I can't keep yeah. up with it. I, I think I think Prometheus is really good. It's just it's got one scene that's ridiculous as far as I don't know. It's just ridiculous. But other than that, it's pretty dang awesome. Well, you know, if, if if it comes to your accolade, I'll check it out, and I'm sure I'll see the scene because you know, if there's one that you have to mention that stands out, then it'll <laughs> it'll be like, oh, that's the scene. I mean, it's like it would have even been bad if it was like in a Marvel flick. You'd just been like, what? But, okay, Pazuzu. That was my that was my last one. What's yours? All right. Well, I've got to go with the um, 
darkness wooing Lily. I mean, the, oh yeah. You know, when, when I'm going through all the things I remember about this movie, I remember the the, the ambiance at the beginning of it. I remember the fantastic special effects. I remember bleak, blicks and darkness, and you know, maybe a little bit about the unicorns. They're pretty heavy on there. It's like, hey, look, it's a unicorn, and they show you another one, and there they are again, and phew, unicorns. But <laughs> the scene where darkness decides that Lily, because of her whole um, participation in the unicorn destruction is the right woman for him and he you know has her at first she dances to this this uh she's dancing and this this uh faceless dress is dancing around with her and then she dances with the dress and when she comes out she's wearing it yeah um and then she's wearing this you know this gown and he comes in and she's like i hate you and then he, you know he sets her down at this table and he fills this wine glass you know which was you know just you know, this magical wine glass and he's like drink you know it's that whole sequence is beautiful yeah yeah very well done yeah the whole dancing and transformation thing i thought was neat and this is also where you get to see darkness for the first time he steps through basically a mirror is what i'm kind of getting is what he was coming out of but that's where you really see the overall effect of his outfit and everything and uh yeah, the whole confrontation of him trying to woo her at the table and he's wanting her to sit in the chair. And this may be in the extended cut, but he's trying to get her to sit in his chair and just talk. Yeah. I, th- I think I'll stand. And he's you can tell he's losing his cool with her, right? He's like, he's trying his best to, to you know, even though he's darkness and doesn't have to do any of this, he's still biting his tongue to not say things to upset her because he's enthralled with her somehow, you know? <laughs> it's It's such a strange scene but it works yeah it's, it's a great scene i mean because he ha- he forces everything else to comply with him so he has to have her come to him willingly and yeah you know it's as much pride as anything i think you know he, yeah. he um needs her to come to him willingly because if he forced her to it wouldn't be as as sweet a victory and yeah i agree it's 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 just all so well put together and and it fits the fantasy so well it's also going on at the same time as the whole plan to use the dinner plates to shine the sunlight at the and all that is so difficult to watch it is so boring it it goes on for a long time it's like okay we got it we got it you don't have to throw 45 of them right it's like the temple the the temple of the music and the urgency of the characters makes you think oh no we've got to get these things in place but every scene's the same it's a dark hallway yeah. and people scurrying around and somebody drops something and somebody sets something somewhere. And you could have just shown maybe two of those or a montage of all of them together. And it would have been fine. But instead, right. you're trying to interlace the story that's interesting with Darkness and Lily at the same time as the story of them like thwarting Darkness over here. And there just isn't any story with that second part. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of filler right here. I kind of feel the same way. And, of course, it's all built around... They're about to sacrifice the other unicorn, and what has happened is Lily has told Darkness that she wants to kill the other unicorns. So this is like where he thinks he's found his actual mate, because even though they weren't getting along at the beginning, now they're friends! <laughs> <laughs> Are but, you uh, so thirsty to see blood? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so the setup is she's supposed to kill the unicorn, and while this is going on, Jack... And all of his group are up here, and, and Gump, they both got 
bow and arrows up here and they're getting ready to shoot her before she kills the unicorn and they can't decide if they need to shoot her now or wait he trusts in her that she'll make the right decision yada yada but during this scene you get the fairy that flies all the way back to the beginning where the main guys up top with the the first plate to sun, shine the sun down into there and it takes her forever yeah. to get there and it's just like and he tells her fly like the wind or whatever he says break like the wind i don't know what he tells her <laughs> <laughs> and it takes her forever to get there i'm just like oh my gosh man i mean <laughs> yeah her, her name is una and she is one of my una, favorite yeah i haven't mentioned her until now but I don't know how I missed that. I I know I have her in my notes. I I love that little fairy character. I think she's cool. She can transform from like a little you know LED light to a person, and her uh, her friends don't know about it. But she tells Jack because she wants to jump his bones, and he's like, "No." And it's a cool little again. It's it's another one of those little 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 challenges they face because the because the 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 terminus of the plot is obvious. They're going to win, so they give all these little personality conflicts in the middle of it but then they don't have time to have those personality conflicts so it's like i'm really mad at you but you'll help me right uh, yeah you know it's just i mean yeah well, they don't and, have time. And it plays on, it plays on all those things that we've talked about in crawl even lord of the rings i mean him him jumping into the water to find the ring that belongs to, to oh, lily yeah. and all this stuff it's so you know, I will marry whoever has this ring. I keep thinking, well, you know, maybe Tom, maybe Brown Tom will get it and go, my precious. You know, who knows? Right, right. <laughs> it, it is. There's a lot of these, like, I don't know. I mean, like, it, just like with the ring, you, know, you never doubt that Jack's going to get that ring. Right. Because and look that's at, the look way at, it's set up. Darkness is trying to woo Lily, which is just like the creature in Crawl wooing the girl. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when it's, he first sticks his hand through that mirror, it looks a lot looks like, like Curl. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I kept seeing all these similarities of, you know, things that may, may, maybe we've already seen before. Well, we hadn't seen the Lord of the Rings before, even though we kind of know the story because the books are out, you know, much longer. But you start seeing those things, you're like, man, he just kind of ripped off Curl here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was very visually similar. But, I'm, yeah. you know, I don't think he was ever trying to do something original. Kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of tipping his hat to just the fantasy genre, I guess. Just like in the in the intro where, they, you know, the very first line is, is, a, is a ripoff of Don Bluth film. It says, you know, in a land before time. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say that specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got one more thing on my list, and, and we're kind Do of it. dancing around Mia Sarah. I mean, uh, come on! I mean, she's actually like the first name that's on my list, and it's because she is the epitome of. I mean, we talked about uh, Phoebe Cates kind of being the girl next door. Well, this this girl is like even the girl next door to Phoebe Cates. You know, oh. Ferris Bueller's girlfriend just seems very very. I don't know. Uh, she's perfect for this role. Yeah, the innocent. You really feel the innocence in her. Yeah, Mia Sarah is the what, what the, the 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 innocent princess. They even like kind of kind of give a nod to that when she's talking to Nell, the the peasant woman at the beginning. Nell Carter. Yeah, Nell Carter. She's Hell sitting me. in the hot tub. <laughs> Come on, get in my hot tub. Give me she's a break. Sitting in the hot tub with Mia Sarah, and she says, "Girl, 
When you was that princess, did you like that darkness? No, no, but yeah, was Nell Tom Cruise her, wearing a wig? Nell tells her, you know, that that she's below her station to talk to her. So there's some and she's wearing this princess cut dress, you know, and she's playing yeah. in the in the garden and there there's some idea that she's from some palace, that she's some displaced princess because that's what the fairy tale needs her to be. But yeah, Mia Sara is gorgeous and you know no one will ever deny that. And she is perfect for this role yeah. because she she definitely looks like she means well with all the stuff she does. All right. So not that that was really a reason on my list even though she's on there. My last one that I'm going to bring up is going to be there's a dude being chopped up in front of the open fireplace when they're down in the furnace. <laughs> yeah, it's Have like the seen? first thing you see. Yeah, I mean these just these these big manly men, right? They're taking care of the furnace or whatever that are uh, maybe they're the cooks, I don't know. But there's this dude laying out on this table, and they're taking a an axe and just whacking this dude. And you see him kind of pop up every time they hit him. Yeah. But it's yeah. off in the distance. But it's like, holy crap! It's almost like they're just kind of like caning him with a stick too. Like you know, there's no maybe, you don't hear any like kind of splatter. But like, yeah, they're beating that dude, and it's <laughs> uh, it's really an odd image. It really is. Yeah. Just like and, in the uh, Wild these, Boys video. Just like Wild Boys, Wild Boys. And just like you know, Simon Lebon's down there, um, uh, beating Nick. What's his face with the with the stick? Oh, Helming. <laughs> <laughs> what's what? What was their? It was their guitarist name, or was it their keyboardist no, name? Nick something. It's keyboard player. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> he, used to, he used to wear that. that he used to wear that uh, surgeon, that that those scrubs and the surgeon mask. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Yeah, my yeah. It's the it's the only guy in the band besides Simon Bond whose name isn't Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! That would have been my go-to. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, you got anything else? You got any other notes? I'm just gonna say that you know the finale is great. I mean, it's you see it coming, but they they blast the light and the the light knocks back darkness into to this abyss. And uh, you know, Tim Curry has a fantastic monologue as he's has sucked into the darkness at the end. Um, yeah, he so goes, it's worth watching. But I'm, I'm Neil gonna... Carter, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> just like a hot tub in my future, <laughs> it's darkness in my past. No Carter, and, and at the end when he when he gets sucked through, you just hear the splash. <laughs> Which I I kind of chuckled last night when I was watching this again because the how dramatic all it is, and he goes out and he just I don't know you don't even hear a sound. He just breaks off into like four little stars. I'm like, uh, <laughs> really? Well, his scene was done. They'd been they had been doing the whole throat slash motion for like two minutes. They're like, "Cut short, man! Cut short!" He's like, "No, this this is my Oscar moment. No." Hey, he even does one of those in the movie. The unicorn dies tonight. <laughs> oh. oh, all right. If you don't have anything else, that brings up to us up to... I still don't have the good version of this, but... It's rating time! <laughs> 
Time, time, time. Time, 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 time. What do you give this Joker, man? Man, well, I mean, it's it's a beautiful movie, and it's really fun to watch. But there's a long sequence in the middle of it that you can skip. So I'm going to give it, I don't know, 12 sewer rats. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to give it uh, 723 Gumps Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> With the fiddle. With the fiddle. With the fiddle. Brian B., what do you think of Legend? Flying blind on a rocket cycle. There you go. I think he's about as confused as we are. It's, it's, it's yeah. beautiful, but why are we watching it? Right. And you know, I, I don't really want to insult it. I, I, I do enjoy it, but uh, there's yeah. also I, I have to admit when I was rewatching it, I thought more than a couple of times. There's other things I could be doing with my time, right? Well, which is never it's, good. It's that, it's that movie and fast forward thing, right? Right. Catch, catch, catch your opening. Catch some blick scenes. Catch Meg. Catch uh, yeah, the seduction. Darkness. Yeah. Catch catch darkness sliding. Out of his window, yeah. Where Captain Kronos like kicks it in, (laughs) yeah. And then catch the Tangerine Dream song at the end. I'm with it, 100%. Catch the you know if you get the opening 15 minutes, you get the idea of what it's supposed to look like. If you get the last 10 minutes, you get the whole thing that they've been working toward. And anything in the middle, eh, it's kind of throwaway. There you go. Except the mummy. Except the mummy. Except the mummy. Don't miss the mummy. That's gold. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Innocence. Goodness. Weakness. All of these things are yours for the taking. All you need to do is ask. Darkness. A new fragrance from Calvin Klein. For when you have a taste for bad, but you gotta smell good. Darkness. A new fragrance from Calvin Klein. Available at Macy's September 1st. Hi, I'm Daryl D.B. Cooper. You may know me for my work on the April Fool's Day soundtrack, released on Ralph Mouth Records. Now, don't get me confused with my cousin, who stole my act, who walks around with makeup and carries a snake everywhere he goes. I'm the original. And being so, I've got some exciting news to tell you. In honor of the 36th anniversary of the movie Legend, Ridley Scott reached out to me and wanted to replace the entire soundtrack with my songs. And I have to say, it is quite jarring to see the movie with my music in the background. It takes it to another dimension. So you may be thinking, but DB, how's that even possible, man? I mean, the movie is a classic. Well, when you hear these songs, you'll understand. To kick things off, we had the title track that brings you into the first scene. It's called, Got You Under My Hooves. 
the unicorn is dying I've got you on the run I'm killing all of the fairies, baby And now there ain't no sun I saw you dancing alone, babe I've got to tell you the truth, yeah, yeah I'm coming out of this mirror, honey I got you under my hooves But when you screamed, when you saw my face You said, get away, you goat And then I say, baby, I just can't wait I'm horny and I just can't be alone The unicorn is dying I got you on the road And if you really like the sound of that one you're really gonna like it when we get to the theme of darkness. Kinda goes like this. I got a fringe cause I sit in darkness. I can't be seen till scene three. But Lily shot me down and I'm feeling mean. No more Billy Party. No more Jack the Green. that and so much more the entire soundtrack has been totally redone in my styling plus a bonus i do a cover tune i'm sure you'll remember this one a real short warrior three feet wide today's brown tom with the fairy's pride Not only do you get all this, but you also get my collaboration with the incredible new wave synth pop band, Apricot Fantasy. that you get your copy ordered today only on ralph mouth records send your checker money order to ralph mouth records in care of daryl db cooper slash legend soundtrack 4142 portsmouth bridge nebraska order yours today slut 
right, that's going to be it for another episode, folks. Appreciate you hanging around. And do yourself a favor. Go back, check this movie out, and just admire it for the work that it is. Uh, does it drag a little? Sure it does. But it's got some fantastic visuals that when people say the word legend, you should already have an image in your head of what pops to mind. So it has definitely made an impact. Really surprised there hasn't been a remake of it. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement too. I mean, I guess the thing is the remake would just have to redo a story that's basically so simple that you could just make your own story yeah. and it wouldn't really need to be the same story as this one. It's just it's a fairy tale. Yeah. It was set out to be a very yeah. generic fairy tale. I think it's that's what it's trying to do is just hit all those buttons and uh, just show you something different. Like I said, or like we said earlier, the the effects in this is is so great that maybe it hurts the movie to a certain degree. Yeah, you you lack the story because you you make it more of a, a spectacle than telling the story. So who knows? You can stay somewhere too long. True. So I think that's a problem a lot of these movies have. They can make something very visually pleasing, but then you just kind of grow tired of it. It's kind of like what Star Wars has done so well was creating a new atmosphere and show you things you haven't seen before, but it doesn't grow stale where you're just kind of sitting there going, okay, uh, can we get on to the next part? So, Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I, it almost sounds like we're bagging on the movie. We're not. We just no, see it not. for what it is. And what it is is it, it was a it was a fairy tale that somebody had in their head that they had to get out on film, and they did a really good job of making it uh, a ubiquitous fairy tale. It doesn't have to have yep. a specific story because it's the story you expect: good guy, good girl, big bad guy, happy ending, and that's what you get. Yeah, it's worth the price of admission. It's just you gotta have a little lag time in there. Right. So if you want to. Tell us what you think. I mean, if you're a fan of this movie, we're not trying to make you mad. Uh, like, again, we brought this up because I thought we should have covered this a long time ago because it seems like one of those movies. And we do love this movie, but we do see the weaknesses in it, too. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a big fan, yeah, call us out on it. We'll have a talk about it. Maybe you'll show sure. some stuff to us that'll help us to enjoy it even more next time. Absolutely. And tell, tell us about Pazuzu, because I'm really interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah, So, and weird. again, <laughs> if you have your own podcast, make sure to use our page to, to push it, to let us know about it. We'll make sure to advertise it to anyone who's listening to us, because, you know, we're all in this together. And uh, you can check us out on any of the platforms we have, which is pretty much what? Legion Podcast now, right? Legion Podcast, we're on all your pod players and all that stuff, but you can really find us up your butt. <laughs> right there with Neil Carter. <laughs> with Neil Carter. <laughs> so you know who doesn't need butt stuff, Jeans? Who's that? Neil Carter. Neil Carter? <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. All right, folks, that's it for us. We will see you on the flip side. Adios. See ya. <laughs> it isn't every day that you get to travel to a fairy tale. Monsters, sprites, good and evil saturating your senses and making reality into dream. Legend is such a journey, and it's a quest for light and love. Try not to focus on Tom Cruise, or how one of his teeth is dead center in his mouth. Well, good night everyone, and best of luck. Remember, minions, 
Actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night. Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Biddos, the pants for feel-good company. A gift certificate from Maru-Chan Ramen Noodles. Rice-A-Roni. All guests receive a copy of the Helming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Helming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Helming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.